You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Josh and Bob. All right, welcome to a special edition of the unofficial 40 by uh, Soonerscoop. A special recruiting edition this time around. Be joined by... uh, Sooner Scoop recruiting editor Josh McQuistian as we break it all down. The big day that we've all been talking about during the last couple weeks in terms of what's going to happen with OU's 2021 class. Well, it all went down Friday. We'll get to that in just a minute. But on a day, Josh, where there was a five-star commitment, you almost wonder if the defensive commitment might have meant more. Where where do you weigh in as a, as a pertains as to which one perhaps means just a little bit more to what OU is trying to do with its 2021 class. I would say, I think there's two answers. I think on one side, if you're talking 2021 class, I think Mario Williams is more important. If you're talking about what I think it means to the big picture, uh, you know, 2022, 2023, moving beyond, I think Clayton Smith, I think you can absolutely make the case that he is the more important recruit because this is a guy that Oklahoma went head-to-head with Texas, LSU, I mean, some big boys. And not just did OU go win, but first-year assistant Jamar Kane went in and got a win at, at a place that Oklahoma has notoriously had trouble winning recruits, and that's out in Texarkana. That just has never been a very good area for OU. So for him to go and win this battle and reel in Clayton Smith, I think that's huge, and it makes a statement to a lot of other guys in a state that obviously Oklahoma recruits a ton to say, hey, we're going to be here. We're a presence. This guy gets it. Are you going to get on board with us? I mean, you start to be able to make those arguments. And when you consider he shares a hometown with Marcus Burris, the big defensive lineman from Pleasant Grove that I think Oklahoma's really made a move with, it, it, it can start to grow. But like I said, if you're looking at 21, just to kind of step back, Mario Williams is huge just because of the connections to Caleb Williams and, um, you know, like Tristan Lee, uh, Christian Leary. I mean, there, there are a lot of guys there that have some level of connection to the Mario Williams situation. Yes, indeed. For those who don't follow recruiting on a 24-7 basis, the Sooners have picked up two major commitments with 2021 five-star receiver Mario Williams and 2021 four-star linebacker Clayton Smith here discussing things with Josh McQuistian about what this day means not only for 2021 and going beyond and we'll go back to uh, Clayton Smith here just for a second to talk about what this means for Jamar Kane. you know here's a guy that when he got hired all the hoopla was about okay now OU's about to attack California once again after sort of going away from that state 
during the last two, three cycles, Kane was going to be the one that gets OU back in a major way. Yet, for his first big win, it comes from the state of Texas. What kind of message does that send, not only like to the rest of the conference and to the rest of the nation, but especially to the coaching staff in Austin? I, what I think it tells everybody is that if you thought Jamar Cain was like a regional guy, that, oh, he's going to do well in California, he's going to do well in places he knows, I think it's pretty clear this guy can go and recruit anywhere he wants to. I mean, because there are, you know, you look at some of his top targets. You've got the Nathan Rollins Cabange kid who's in Oregon, which is right in the area we've all talked about, and that's why a lot of people have kind of focused on him. But then you've got Clayton Smith in East Texas. I mean, I don't know of a lot of places more different than Northern California or Oregon, but East Texas has to be on a very short list. So you're talking about uh, a guy recruiting two very different guys from very different backgrounds, and he's bringing them in. And then, you know, you look at some of the others, Dallas Turner from St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, Scooby Williams, uh, Jeremiah, you can call him, but I I like Scooby enough that I'm just going to say Scooby. So you got Scooby Williams in Alabama. I mean, he is not afraid to go anywhere. I mean, they've made offers all up the Atlantic coast. Obviously, you can see plenty of his touches in the West Coast. And, again, with Clayton Smith, he's willing to go into Texas and not just willing to go in but is is making an impact when he did it. So, you know – I can't help but, it, you know, we have to acknowledge, and Bob, I'm sure you want to get into this a little bit yourself, but how for you as a guy, uh, you know, kind of in the middle of it, in the state of Oklahoma, you know, me being in Texas, I think it almost it's almost more present for me at times. But you look at what Oklahoma did today with Mario Williams and Clayton Smith, and yet you have Texas coaches beating their chest about a three-star wide receiver from New Orleans and a three-star running back from Texas, who are both good players. But I, I think it, it, it's, I mean, it's almost bad timing for Texas because what they're doing gets so dwarfed because Oklahoma went and landed two really elite guys. Yeah, it looks really bushly, you know, when you try to com- compare what OU was able to get done today compared to what Texas even though both coaching staffs are rightfully happy with how everything turned out. Just national perception says what OU was able to accomplish in the last three, four hours trumps anything that happened down in Austin. And we knew it would be a big day. It's a big day for Auburn. And now Texas and OU both have a couple commitments as, as well. But it's really hard to try to break on through and resonate more, especially when Mario Williams is first. When, when you get a five-star being willing to come out as the initial guy. And that's sort of, you know, something I, I mentioned on the uh, on the site is when you look at the rankings with rivals going out with their newest set of rankings throughout this week and, oh, you looking so good for so many five-star kids. If you get one, maybe the train starts rolling, right? Isn't that what they always say when it comes to offers? Once you get that first one, here comes the second, the third, and the fourth. How big is it that Mario Williams is that first guy? And how likely is it that we start seeing some of those other dominoes fall that we've been waiting here for the last weeks and uh, several months? Well, yeah, I, I think I think it's very likely. I think you're good. You know, we usually, and I, and I talk about this all the time, Oklahoma is very much a cycle recruiter. They tend to do most of their work in the spring and early summer and then again, like from December and January, those are their two big windows. And it's that way for a lot of schools, but not all. There are some schools that are busy. They get a lot done during the season. I mean, it just varies from place to place. 
But dating back to early Bob Stoops, you can look at the commitment dates on players, and it's largely done during those two windows. So I think you're it didn't happen as early as maybe we all expected. I think we were all expecting to kind of have these conversations last month, you know, when when they were going to have the red white game and there was all the guys coming in. Caleb Williams was going to be on campus. There was there was so much momentum that was building just in the exact right time frame and then you had everything happen and it just kind of it stunted everybody's growth. Oklahoma couldn't go anywhere. And so you're kind of left with this situation, but I think you're starting to see Oklahoma Built largely on these virtual visits that, like we talked about in yesterday's pod or uh, Wednesday's pod, that there was a um, there was a definite sentiment that they had done things in a very specific way and hadn't tried to rush it. And I think it's starting to pay off. And now, like I said, when you get Mario Williams to commit number one player in the whole state of Florida, I mean, and as I said on Twitter day, this has never been done before. Oklahoma has never landed the number one player in the state of Florida. So that's that kind of puts a bow on how big of a deal he is. But if Mario Williams can make that decision and pick Oklahoma completely sight unseen, for those that don't know, Mario Williams has never been to campus in Norman. So when you consider that and then you throw in the aspect of, well, you know, I only visited once or I'm not as familiar with it or I've got a lot of other schools after me. Yeah, Mario Williams is all those same boats. But you know what? We – he wanted to be here. He didn't want to miss an opportunity. How do you feel about that? What What if, you know, it's like the thing um, Lincoln Riley told, I believe it was Brock Vandegrift. And I remember having this conversation with Brock, and he just kind of told Brock, hey, you know, if if you could go anywhere or if, you, you know, you have all these options, if there was one school that dropped away from you and you couldn't go there anymore, what school would that be and why? And for Brock at that time, it was Oklahoma. Now, I realize I'm kind of bringing up that name sacrilegiously, but it is, it's a sign, you know, and I think that's what they'll use on all these recruits is, man, you may not be able to take all the trips. You may not be able to wait as long as you want to wait to take all these trips because they may not be available to you until August or September, October, and we may be full by then. So I think you can start to use some of this. And pressure is not the right word, but you can let guys know that there is a timeline everybody's working on. Yeah, Josh, that was a great tweet that you had about OU never having the number one ranked player in the state of Florida. Going to put you on the spot here just a little bit. Have they ever even been close? Did, did you do research to see just how close they ever really got? I'm trying to think through who some of the, I mean, obviously, if you want to cons- – I mean, and he was from the state of Florida, so Buki has to be the guy you would think of. And he was three or four. And he's the only five-star Oklahoma's ever landed from Florida. And I can guarantee you in the 20 years I've been doing this, there's never not been a five-star in the state of Florida. Like, it happens every year. So I would think he's the only one that's even been in the top five. Um, Davin Joseph was probably a top 10, top 12 guy when he came out of Hollandale. Um, some, uh, so there's a few guys that were kind of, you know, they were borderline top 10 guys, but they've never had anybody. I mean – you know, Buki was behind a couple of guys. So it's for you to land a homegrown guy. And this is in, deep in the heart of Florida. I mean, this isn't one of those guys like, well, he's almost in Georgia, you know, that kind of thing. This is a, this is a dude in the middle of it. And, you know, the thing that we don't talk about enough, a guy that deserves a lot of credit is Skip Johnson, and his staff, the baseball staff had a big role in this. Josh, you know, I love to take a big picture, look at things and examine things. And that, 
direction, but we know what you love. You love to break down tape. You love to break down the film. So let's go in that direction. Let's let's start with Williams. Why should OU fans be so excited about landing this five-star receiver? What does he bring to the table? Well, I want to tell a funny story. As I started to do, you know, when we got word of this early this week, and, you know, for the the members here who are listeners, this is the guy in the southeast I was talking about. I know there was – there was all this debate, like, well, maybe Josh, like, no, Mario, we had gotten wind that Mario Williams was going to commit, like, and that was why I posted that, I believe, on Tuesday afternoon. So um, there is, as I was I was going to start to set up the, the video breakdown that I do with every commitment, well, I start watching this tape, and I'm like, man, I, I remember Mario being better than this. Like, I'm, I mean, like, I like this, it's good, but I, I, I feel kind of bad because I'm going to rain on OU's parade here. Well, what I realized I had done is the first video that rolls on his uh, highlights is every touchdown he scored in high school. So I'm pretty sure I was watching, like, his freshman or sophomore stuff and thinking, yeah, this guy's a solid four-star. Like, I like him. But then I got to his junior stuff, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, this is the guy I remembered. Um, Williams is a guy, you know, it's so easy to go to it because they're both Floridians, but there's a lot of Marquise Brown here because I'm so you're so used to seeing guys that are very quick but not that fast or very fast but not that quick. There are very few guys that can bring both of those things together, and Marquise and um, uh, Mario are those kind of guys. Mar- now, Josh, it's, it's fun you bring up Brown because he did quote mm-hmm. tweet when Mario committed, so kind of right in the same wavelength. Go, sure, go ahead. Sure. No, no. I mean, they there is a lot of connection there, and I know that's something Oklahoma has talked to him about. You know, it it works on a lot of levels. Um, I still can't believe OU's luck that you know um, his, Marquise's first games in Miami, and he goes off for those two huge touchdowns last year. So I think there was there was a lot of things that fell right for OU. But you know, when um, when I watch the tape, though, I see a guy that's stronger than people think he is. I mean, don't get me wrong, this isn't. You know, this isn't Jaden Hazelwood. He's not going to break tackles all over the field and that kind of thing. That, that's not what we're talking about. But he's tougher to bring down than you think he is. He could line up outside. He'll be fine. He can play slot. Obviously, he would be fine in that role. Um, he has game-changing speed. I mean, he's one of those guys that every time he catches the ball, it, it could go all the way. I mean, he he's that sort of speed. One of those guys, you know, I make fun of kids all the time that are like, oh, I run 4-3. No, Mario Williams probably runs 4-3. Like, I, I, I can believe it on him. He is, you know, we talked last week about Danny Stutzman and his tape. And, you know, how oh, it looks really good, but it's not against good competition. His is really good, and he's playing against a bunch of really fast Florida kids. And he still looks much, much faster than everybody else. So that kind of puts that in perspective. But then you watch him on returns. You watch him catch short stuff over the middle. He is going to quickly change direction. He's going to fight through tackles. Get you know he he only is thinking about getting upfield. Like it's constantly more yardage, more yardage, and he just eats it up at a rapid rate. Uh, the last thing I would really say when you watch his tape is again, at a guy that probably goes five ten, maybe a little above, he is very good in the air. I mean, he's not uh, again. There are physical limitations there. He's not going to go jump ball, you know, with, like I said, a Jaden Hazelwood or a Theo Weiss and that kind of stuff. But at 5'10", he can do plenty of work in the air. I mean, if there's an underthrown ball or they throw a back shoulder or something like that that he's got to fight for, he's the kind of guy that can go get it. I mean, I, I don't think there's a there's a question. And 
you love a South Florida guy because those guys, they're wired a little differently. I mean, they are they just come out and they will fight for every inch. So, Josh, you mentioned when you watched the film, stuck out immediately that Williams was something special. You look at Clayton Smith, now you had a chance to see him last year. Not much to write home about, but after watching the film, now what can you tell us about this for this four-star pickup? Yeah, you know, and you, you, I mean, the story's up there on the side. I mean, you can go back and read some of my firsthand thoughts on Clayton Smith. That night, I mean, you know, I, I hope people will take it in the way I intended, but he just he didn't do a lot. It was a very quiet night. Uh, when you look at his highlights on his junior tape, you don't see any of that Mesquite Poteet game. I think he knows it wasn't a great game for him. And really, Poteet did a nice job. I mean, they <laughs> big bruising Seth McGowan. They ran away from him, or they doubled him a lot. I mean, they kept him very busy. He clearly was a focus of what they were doing. But at the same time, he just didn't do much. But on tape, I mean, again, you're talking about a guy that had something like 35 tackles for loss last year. I mean, just an insane number at a very good level of football where he's playing a lot of East Texas and kind of um, – East Dallas schools, like we, you know, the Mesquite schools. Um, you're, he's going to run into the Tyler program. So, I mean, so there's some good talent on his tape, and he was dominant. What I see is a guy that, and I, in, on tape, it looks good. When you see him in person, it sticks out even more. I, I kind of compared him to like a Caleb Kelly type frame when Caleb was was at the same age. Super long arms, very long legs, eats up space really easily. Played a lot of receiver for Texas High. That kind of gives you an idea of his athleticism. And a guy that when he turns the corner, he's got that ability to dip his shoulder, get underneath a tackle, and go get the quarterback You know when he gets to his drop point. So there are – it is not hard to see what Oklahoma and Jamar Kane are thinking here. This is a rush linebacker guy. Maybe that next guy to follow after the Aguebu and Benito and that kind of era that we have currently going on, he could be that next guy. And I, I, you know, we've got him. I think at two twenty-seven or something in the country. I, I, based on what I saw in person, I wouldn't go a lot crazier than that. But what you see on tape shows a guy that could be a lot bigger than that. You know, when the Sooners entered today, I believe they were number fifty-two in the rivals' rankings. What? What are these two pickups? Where where does OU stand at this very minute? Yeah, th- this morning when everybody woke up, Oklahoma had 451 points in the team recruiting rankings. From these two commitments alone, they have picked up 330, or excuse me, 313. So they are now at number 24 in the country. And you look around at some of the teams that are surrounding them in those rankings, you know, they've, they've got Michigan State at 25. Michigan State's got 11 commitments. Oklahoma has seven. Virginia is one spot ahead of them. Uh, Virginia, Baylor, Virginia and Baylor are tied at 22. They both have 12. Uh, I mean, you've got Rutgers at 13. I mean, you know, there, there are school, I mean, and that kind of gives you an idea. I mean, there's a lot of movement that's going to happen here. There, there's a lot of give and take. So Oklahoma is going to vault. But, I mean, you look at the first schools above them that really are similar uh, in recruiting size of their class, it's Oregon and Georgia at 16 and 15, and they both have seven. Basically, they're about one elite player ahead of Oklahoma in the rankings right now. I, I did the kind of numbers earlier. If Caleb Williams were to jump on board right now, he would push. They would, he would push Oklahoma right into that same range with Georgia and Oregon. So these are very, very uh, temporary rankings. I, I love where this class is going. When you look at some of the reaction around the country to these two commitments, you had Bryce Langston tweeting about it. You had Kendall Daniels tweeting about it. You had. 
Uh, Caleb Williams, you know, was involved with it. Um, you know, you go Bryce down the Foster list. Bryce Foster with the hot dog. Yes, Bryce. Of course, Bryce Foster. And, you know, for anybody listening, you feel free to call out Bryce Foster. I have demanded him to tell me what the hot dog was, and he is denying me access to that information. So everybody feel free to tweet at Bryce Foster at will. But, you know, at your own discretion, you don't want to make someone that, that big mad. So yeah, just, just, I mean, just be careful. You know, like you can say that I was involved with him, but please don't upset <laughs> him. I will have to interview him again, and he, for all of 17 years old, is an enormous and terrifying young man. And then Josh will close out with this, and the Sooners have now entered the top 25, but I think we all feel like this was just the start. This wasn't the punctuation. This is where they they start to jump off. So what what can we expect here maybe in the next week, next couple of weeks? Well, it's going to be interesting because there's a few other guys out there. And, you know, I guess, Bob, we have to acknowledge, I mean, you're our eyes guy. I mean, we've got to talk a little bit about Lincoln Riley's yes. clear new strategy right, here yes. with how to handle the yeah. eyeballs. But, you know, if this was the old world, I would say there was a couple of other guys that could already have eyeballs out there. We might be tracking down a couple now, as far as in the new world of how Lincoln Riley's handling this, I'm not sure when those will happen. There has been a lot of movement in the last, like, 36 hours. I've heard imminent, and then I've heard, well, it's going to get delayed a little bit. We'll see what happens. But, again, it plays into why Lincoln Riley has made this choice. Um, now, with that said, I'm going to give you the floor to talk eyeballs because you are our absolute expert in this topic. Well, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of fans and, and some critics who have just been like, why does Lincoln Riley tweet the eyes out? And then sometimes you're waiting days, weeks, there's been a couple times, it's been a few months before anything starts to happen. And the last time he tweeted eyes, we we talked about that funny story that within an hour, Jansen Dunn had decided to back out of his verbal 2 OU and decided to instead go to Ohio State, and it feels like, I'm not going to say that's a breaking point, like that didn't break Riley to where he doesn't trust what's going on, but maybe it changes his, his method because what he did today is just a lot different. I know there are some people that said Mario Williams was the March 22nd eyes. I don't believe that. Uh, there's, uh, there's nothing that we learned in the last two months that suggests that was indeed the case. What we can confirm is that Mario Williams is indeed one of the serious three that's been on social media throughout the the last month, but never just a individual direct shot at, at Mario. So there's still two that are out that are outstanding. And the way that Riley did it today is he put it at eleven oh six and I believe Mario committed on Instagram like at eleven oh eight, eleven oh nine or something of, mm -hmm. of that nature. And then he tweeted out his official thing at 11.20. So that's a 15-minute time period. And then with Clayton Smith, they were almost back-to-back. -back. I mean, I think yeah. uh, Riley was 2.11 and Clayton was 2.10. But, I mean, if that's going to be the way it's done, you know, that anticipation type of stuff might go away just a bit. But the execution and the results, well, that won't be questioned because now you're going to know within minutes or just moments that once those eyes go up, you need to stay on social media the entire time because you don't, you're not going to have to wait 
very uh very much longer because I we did talk about it. we thought you know uh Williams and Smith felt like they were shoe ins here earlier during the week and it's like where are the eyes? The other thing that Riley of course has been known for is not tweeting eyes when a kid puts out a commitment decision timeline. He doesn't want to ruin their their moment. But since that sort of changed today too, we'll just have to see if the next time OU gets a commitment. There were eyes within like 10, 15 minutes before. I think you can officially say that he's done with the whole uh, silent verbal thing. And you can take your time and whenever you want to make the call, that's fine. And now it's going to be, okay, when you're really ready, not just kind of ready, when you're really ready to make that jump, we'll go ahead and release it. You know who is not going to be in suspense, Bob, or I guess will be in suspense, but enjoyable suspense? Sooner Scoop members. They knew about it. They knew this was coming. They didn't have to they wonder about the They want the, the wink. Eyeballs. They want the Josh mm-hmm. Wink back. They do. They do. The Wink The wink is an interesting scenario. I've got to, I, I need to find a way to reasonably bring it back and not burn every bridge that I have. So I've got to figure out a way around that. That that that's the interesting dilemma. Now I will say, Bob, if you were to write a story or or myself, um, but again, this is more your wheelhouse, so I think it would be up your alley to write it. If we were gonna write the the Jansen Dunn and its impact, I mean <laughs> done for done. I mean like done ended done. I mean like well, I don't know how we're gonna do this, but uh the emojis are a done deal. Uh, yeah, I know. Exactly. There's a, like there's it, a lot of bad puns we can play with. Oh, I could I could go on for days with this. Uh but yeah, no, I I, I agree completely. I think it's clear they've made a change. And I think it's it's a reasonable thing to, you know, to kind of do and it, it makes it to where Okay, oh, here it is. Like maybe it's about to come. So I think you get a lot of that attention, a lot of that quick um quick reaction. Now, I won't lie. I I think my um what's dead may never die is pretty much going to happen oh. every time he tweets eyeballs. I'm a big fan of that. I it kind of happened mistakenly and I was like, "Well, I'm just never going to change that. That's going to happen every time." So, um I'm big on that. But yeah, no, I, I think this was a – It was just, the, the bottom line is this is a huge day for Oklahoma. I, I think they are going to get some momentum. I think you're going to continue to see activity. This won't be the last thing you see in May, in my opinion. Um, I think more will come. Someone asked me the other day what they thought the commitment list might look like by you know June 1st, and I would say I think 9 or 10 is completely possible. Um, so you're looking at you know a couple more commitments over the next few weeks. Now – I, I will clearly say I don't know anybody definitively that will definitely happen in that time frame. It's just kind of connecting the dots. That's what makes sense to me. Um, and, you know, I know we're going to wrap it up here because it's, it's just been the Bob and I hour. So um, what I do want to say, though, right? yeah, hey, you know, it, it's just, you know, no carry, no Eddie. I mean, it's so much freedom for us, Bob. Um, but, no, uh, what I did want to say was there is also uh, – we're still running a promo on Sooner Scoop. We've had a lot of people take us up on this. Uh, we've got actually two or three running, whether you want it to be monthly, whether you want it to be annual. We can find something that will work for you. So uh, hit me up, josh at Soonerscoop.com, or you can DM me on Twitter, josh under, uh, at josh underscore scoop. Uh, either way, you want to get in touch, that's perfectly fine, and we can set you up. I'll let you know what they are, uh, what the deals are. If you're interested, feel free to jump on board. And that'll wrap things up in this special recruiting edition 
of the unofficial 40. Many thanks to Josh McQuistian for taking the time out to discuss what a huge day this was for the Sooners. Kerry Murdoch for setting it all up. And I'm Bob Prisbill, your host for this one-time edition. We'll be back next week with a regular edition of the unofficial 40 here on Sooner Scoop. And Kerry Murdoch will be back in driving the bus.